Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Power Players, powered by Radio.com. I'm your hostess, Danielle McCartan, DMC, and you're listening to Episode 9 with very special guest, Olympic gold and silver medal winning professional ice hockey player, Amanda Kessel. We'll get Amanda's thoughts on the NHL's return to play plan in 2020. We'll talk about her work in wanting to grow the game of women's hockey through her work with the New York Rangers, through her work at NHL All-Star Weekend 2019, and you've heard about the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team's quest for equal pay. Well, Amanda and her teammates are fighting that same fight on the ice. And just when you think she couldn't put any more on her plate, We'll talk about Amanda and her AK-28 clothing line and where you can get your hands on some gear. Amanda, thanks for joining the show. I'm very excited to have you on today. Thanks for having me. One of the coolest things I read about you is something that you and I, we both have this in common, that you used to play, I didn't play hockey, but you used to play hockey on boys' teams and not just play, dominate them. And I mean team leader by 61 points clearly delineates the two. I actually played baseball, but I think I might already know this answer. How instrumental was that early experience in setting up your hockey career? I don't know where you found those statistics, but that's interesting and brings back good memories. Playing boys, I mean, that was 100% helped me in my career and made me into the player I am today. But for me, I didn't really have an option at that point in life. There weren't really girls teams around and I didn't know any different. But then, and I don't want to say it like this, but like when I had to switch, they made me switch to girls softball as a freshman. I was always the most aggressive one on the team the most competitive one on the team and I think that started with playing with the boys yeah it did for sure and I think you know when I did put the boys they didn't make me feel any differently but playing against other teams I was always targeted like I wore my hair on like the top of my head so only like a little bit sticks out of my helmet Uh because my mom didn't want them to really know that I was a girl because people would come after me and there was a lot of times like parents would be screaming at me from the stands and like I know a few times like parents of our team got into fights with other parents from other teams because they'd be calling names from the stands. For the listening audience, Amanda's older brother Phil is the alternate captain for the Arizona Coyotes and I looked at your age difference. Did you ever play with or against him in organized hockey? I didn't. Just a few years off. We spent our tra- our summers training together though. Me, Phil, and then my other brother Blake. We all were away from high school so when we'd come back in the summers we were always each other's best friends and we spent our time going to the gym together and then we did skate together in the summers and have pickup games and I was usually on Phil's team and he was playing against my brother Blake. And I came across the fact that you and, and your brothers were so competitive that games were banned in your household and I actually we just bought my dad a PlayStation 4 for uh, for Father's Day. Let me tell you something he beat me three times in a row and I every ounce of me I wanted to turn the game off so bad I'm very competitive but what is maybe the best Banned in the Kessel household game story you got you have. I just feel like it was such a common occurrence that <laughs> I mean there was obviously always a fight. But speaking like of Phil, I remember we always had like a ping pong you know house championship. It was just us home alone one and playing, and I beat him. And I just remember like setting my racket down very nicely because I was gonna be pissed just trying to like get up the stairs nicely and he started chasing me and we just kept like running circles around the kitchen until I could make it into a bathroom and hide from him until my parents got home. I mean any kind of game it's just still to this day it's hard. I mean we've grown up a little bit. Oh that's great. Between the two of you I mean you and Phil you guys have two Stanley Cups two Olympic silvers and an Olympic gold 
Do you showcase them each in your own places or at your parents' house? Honestly, neither, really. Mine are hidden, to be honest. Yeah. And then Bill as well. Neither one of us really showcases our trophies or winnings at this point. Hidden? Yeah, it's weird. I still have my, my silver medal. It's like in a bank safe, which I'm not sure why. And then uh, my gold medal is usually sitting in a drawer next to my bed. Hopefully nobody comes over. New news, new notifications are coming out literally as, as soon as 20 minutes ago. The NHL return to play plan. It's got qualifying rounds of the playoffs starting July 30th. My first question, you know, as a professional hockey player, how hard is it to stay in quote-unquote hockey shape throughout the duration of this entire thing? I can't imagine that, to be honest. Like, for me now, if I take three days off, you know, it feels like it takes two, three days to even make up for that. So I, I can't imagine how hard that is physically and then as well mentally. Like, you don't know, you know, as like being hockey players and I guess any athlete, you're a scheduled person. You want to know details and exactly what you're training for, the timing of it all. So it's just very uncertain time. It's got to be super tough to stay in shape for that. So my, my biggest worry, honestly, is the rate of injury for people coming back to all of a sudden go from, you know, zero to 100 really quick. With your brother in the NHL and from your perspective, obviously, tell me if you kind of like it or don't like it for each of the branches of the NHL plan. And number one would be the playoffs they're saying is going to be held in two hub cities. Um, I've heard Vegas. I've heard Toronto. They said they're going to nail that down by the end of this week. But having, you know, with COVID going on, having the playoffs held in these two cities, do you like it or do you not like it? I don't like it. But given the circumstance, it might be appropriate. Okay. Number two is the two-week training camp in the team's own city starting July 10th and then obviously transferring over to the hub city, but having the training camp in your own city, like it or don't like it? Like it. Number three, one exhibition game prior to the start of the Stanley Cup tournament. Just one. Like it or don't like it? <laughs> don't like it. Yeah, that's not enough time. <laughs> no, like that's, that's crazy to me. Number four, 24 of the 31 teams make the playoffs. Like or don't like? Like it. Really? I thought you would say no. Why do you say yes? In what sense, like? that there should be more or that they should have cut more? Uh, I thought you were going to say that they should have cut more. Yeah, I think it's tough because it's a little bit of a long shot, but I think it's somewhat like meeting in the middle for a shortened season. Okay, all right. And then number five, final one, is after the Tampa Bay Lightning's camp was shut down, the NHL is proposing COVID-19 tests daily for all players. Like it or don't like it? Like it. Have you gotten the test? Oh, it like tickles your brain though. Like the one where they stick the thing way up your nose? No, I haven't gotten it yet. I've debated, but I haven't really been around anybody or felt anything, but I'm just curious about it. But it just seems like that it's so up in the air that, that they don't really know if it, you know, what does that exactly mean if you test positive and how accurate is it? Right, because I've been seeing actually a lot of the tests are false positives and false negatives too. That's a good point. Yeah. All right, well, there you got it. Amanda Kessel's return to play, like it or don't like it. <laughs> and Amanda, I want to ask you about the Rangers. Locally, I'm in New Jersey, locally here in New York. You've been named as ambassador for the Rangers to help grow the women's and the girls game. And you've been very highly involved in it. So what are some of the activities that you've partaken in as a newly minted Ranger? Well, most recently, I was actually just working on um, yesterday and today, they're doing a a lot of the teams have gone to these virtual hockey camps for the kids in the summer. So I was creating a, a lot of videos for the kids to be able to do at home. That's just one thing for the summer. But mostly clinics, getting on the ice with girls, trying to inspire the next generation. The Rangers have done a great job of 
exposing people that wouldn't have had the opportunity to maybe try hockey. They've gotten a lot, I guess, wider range of females involved in the game, and their growth numbers already, like, in one year, through somewhere in the range from 11 to 13 percent just in the first year of doing this. So I think wow. we're very pleased with how the year went. It's really, I'm just a supporting role, but the Rangers have done a great job. As a kid, would you have jumped at this opportunity? Yeah, sure. I'm sure my mom would have had me any clinic possible. We have the Rangers alumni, too. Like, they're always heavily involved and at a lot of these clinics. And for the opportunity for, you know, a young kid to meet myself or a Rangers alumni, I think that can inspire them until they're, you know, much older in life. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, you know, maybe long, more long-term thinking, like what initiatives are, are you trying to or, or would you like to see implemented with this program f- specifically for the girls? Well, they, they created leagues, which is, you know, super fun for the girls to not just be able to try out hockey, but then to be able to play in games and kind of continue that. Um, so I think just expanding on that, you know, it's not something that we want like people to just do once and be done with, but so that they can, you know, maybe make a career out of it or gain a new fan or a new passion in life. How do you plan on staying I guess engaged and invested in these girls from such a young age moving forward throughout maybe their high school like you were just alluding to high school career college career possibly that's a good question I think it's do as many clinics as I can possible but there's only so much time while I'm still playing in my my own career to balance both of those I saw that the Rangers had uh, given you a jersey with your name on the back of it how cool was that and where is it now don't tell me it's hidden anywhere No, that actually, I had to bring it out yesterday because I was going to wear it in some of my videos. Now it's hung up in my closet. But yeah, that was really cool. Just to join the Rangers as an organization, grew up being a huge fan of them and thinking of them as this all-star organization, which they are. But back in the day when, you know, they used to have Mike Richter. Mark Messier. Mark Messier. Great. That was like one of the teams that you chose in mini sticks. That's who you were. To be a part of that organization is, I guess like somewhat of a dream come true. Yeah. We got to talk about your concussion because it is such a big part of your journey. I mean, as a, I'm a coach myself, not hockey, but I coach other sports. I'm well-versed and my audience is well-versed in the signs and symptoms of a concussion. And what I was reading, you exhibited all of the most severe ones, the adverse reaction to stimulus, obviously to natural light, probably screen lights, et cetera, et cetera. But what I'm most curious about, and something that doesn't really get talked about maybe, is how was the late onset of it explained to you medically when it first happened? I don't think when it first happened, people didn't really know. It was still at a time where there was a lot of questions about it. And I think like, you know, almost some people that I was talking to or doctors, like they almost didn't believe that I was like having these symptoms or that it was just kind of almost somewhat made up or something. You know, there's people that can't see it and a lot of people, it's hard for them to understand what's going on with you. And it wasn't until like a year and a half of having severe symptoms that I met a doctor that explained it super well to me and that it started to make sense of you know these patterns that were being created in my brain like the more that you kind of like allow those to happen like the worse they get harder it is to turn those patterns around so that's why I think you sometimes see people that just keep getting worse and worse and worse with doing nothing. So we're all kind of well versed in the physical limitations of a concussion. There's a return to play period but what rarely gets talked about is is the mental aspect of it. And for you, I mean, over the course of months, you lose 15 pounds, you lose touch with your friends, you lose touch with your teammates. At what point did you realize that this isn't about hockey anymore, that this is about real life? Yeah, that was probably the toughest thing mentally. And like I was just saying, kind of physically, I was almost getting worse and worse. Mentally, I was too. It just starts to wear at you and 
it's hard to have a, a positive mindset. And I think for me, what I realized was my mindset was somewhat playing into my symptoms and not having a positive outlook and feeling sorry for myself wasn't getting me anywhere. But I definitely was like very depressed and I will openly talk about it, but I started taking medication. That really helped me turn around too. I think my hormones were just so unbalanced throughout it all. But just to have that positive mindset going through that, I think can really turn things around and, it, and it's extremely hard to do, but I think that it's somewhat controllable. While you're you're laying there plastered to your couch for, for months on end, what were your loudest thoughts? Um, I think like the kind of, for me, missing the passion and love of my life, hockey, and missing out on my friends and thinking that my career was maybe over. And like, I always had like this hope that I would play again, but then it just started to diminish as the days and months went on. So I just thinking that I lost this like love of my life was something that I was really having a hard time coming to terms with. Were you scared? Yeah, definitely. As soon as I stopped thinking that I had much of a chance to play hockey, then it was like, hey, I would like to have somewhat of a life too. Like I hadn't graduated college. I lost touch with a lot of friends and started to not really be sure of, about anything in life. So I guess what would you say your motivation was, not only to get back onto the ice, but to win a gold medal after scoring a shootout goal. I mean, that's like an awesome story, Amanda. Yeah, to get back on the ice, definitely. Like that was like always, honestly, probably my my biggest thing to get back into life and, and being myself. I really lost who I was throughout that time. Yeah. Well, All-Star Weekend. Now you're invited to All-Star Weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. NHL did something brand new. They included the women's game in their festivities, which was awesome. You know, in terms of growing the game, which event did you think made the biggest impact that weekend? Which event? I would say the three-on-three for sure. I can't, I was actually surprised with how much buzz there was around it. And a lot of people that were watching or messaging us were saying that that was what they were most looking forward to in the weekend or their favorite part was seeing us out on the ice. I think that was just a great opportunity for us all and just shows a glimpse of what the future could be like. Right. And, and I saw that you had said, though, this was a quote, I'm afraid that women's hockey might be on the back burner, that we were just starting to push the envelope and grow. Why do you think that? I think right now the businesses are hurting financially right now. It's no secret. And when their number one priority, uh, like just speaking to the NHL, is you know they're only even trying to finish the season and have a family cup, it's hard to really start a new initiative. And it's not a small task to start so I think it, it maybe could delay it a bit unfortunately 
Right. Now, and I'm thinking as I'm doing this research, I'm thinking, okay, we got to strike it like a NBA, WNBA partnership sort of thing. But in your opinion, why has it taken, I mean, you've been playing all your life. Why has it taken the NHL so long to get involved with growing the women's game? I'm really not sure. I think some people have a hard time seeing the upside of it, which I don't see it that way. I think that there's huge potential there and I definitely don't think there's enough exposure. And I think when we are exposed, you can see the impact and, you know, people that are so interested in it. But unfortunately, I don't really know why it's taken so long. I would assume that the goal is at WNHL. So what would you want it to look like in its infancy when it first starts when we're out of this thing when the businesses aren't hurting anymore and they'd say okay amanda we're going to start the wnhl what should it look like yeah i think it's a league that has around 16 where it would be enough teams where all of them would be highly competitive and then i think it has to be um, somewhat centralized whereas you can maybe bust the games most of your games so that the cost can be down and really create i think you have to have those rivalries in there they're the same ones that the NHL teams have. So say it's, you know, Philly and Pittsburgh. Those kind of rivalries bring them from the men's side to the women's side as well. I had a listener question, Joe from Long Island, and he was proposing, or he wants to ask you, would a 12-team league with two six-team divisions and a 54-game schedule be plausible? To be honest, I think no. I don't think that it would really be successful. Uh, at this point, I don't think that there's deep enough talent pool, and financially, I think it would be a bit of a at this point. Interesting. Say they say, okay, you are Commissioner Kessel. What are the first three policies that you would institute for the WNHL? Wow. I, I don't know if I have a... Well, the one is just like the, the partnership with the NHL 100%. And then something where, like I was saying before, these rivalries where it's, you know, whether we're maybe, I don't know if it's possible to play on the same day earlier in the day, mm-hmm. somewhere that you have, you know, women's game with a rivalry and then later on it's the, the NHL playing. Yeah, almost like a like a double header for the fans. Same ticket gets you into both games. That's a good idea. Yeah, something like that. Could you just give you know, quickly, just the listening audience just a snapshot of the life of a women's professional hockey player in a professional league. Like, who's working full-time? What's the practice schedule like? What's the number of games like, etc.? Yeah, so in the past, what it's kind of been like is the majority of the team, there's only a few on every team that it's their full-time job is to play hockey, so everybody else is working full-time jobs. The practices are usually somewhere 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night for an hour. You don't have a locker room. You bring your bag to the rink, get ready, practice, go home. Um, on average, about two practices a week, and then you're you know, lucky to have one game a weekend playing somewhere from 15 to 25 games a year, and then trying to, for instance, for myself then, it's usually skating on my own elsewhere and training alone, just trying to get ready for national team camp. Story of the team, they're just working full-time jobs. What are like travel accommodations for those games? Um, it, it depends. So last year we would fly to different locations and um, our flights were paid for and then hotel. But it's, you know, you're not getting every meal and the nutrition that you necessarily need to be performing at your best play and then the teams that you're playing on it's not really full-time teams you might be playing with a different line every single weekend there's no chemistry which is a huge part of playing Um, when you talk about flights paid for i mean you're not talking about private jets and stuff right nope no (laughs) definitely not just regular coach class 
That's amazing. See, I didn't even know. I, I learned last summer or the summer before that the WNBA, I mean, they're tall women. I mean, hockey players are big too, but they get economy seats too. The WNBA, that, that blew my mind, actually. Yeah, it's very surprising, right? Yeah, I didn't even know. And I'm a big proponent of women in sports, and I didn't even know that. So I'm glad we're, we're getting this out here. Through your experience with your brother and your work with the Rangers, what are the biggest contrasts that are in your mind to a snapshot in the life of a player in the NHL? The biggest contrast? Probably, I mean, one, the obvious one is salary. You're not making millions, if anything. It's really hard to make it your full-time job or your career. And then just your opportunities to, to be at your best, to train. You, you're having to push yourself, and a lot of times, yeah, you're, you're training alone at all the time. Not the best meals, supplements, trainers. It's just a completely different... <laughs> I wonder, I guess that some players, they probably had to deal with that during this time period of you know, bringing their own bag to the rink and trying to find ice time on their own, which was probably still easier than what we have to do. You and your brother both are, I would say, equally dedicated to your craft. You guys train together, et cetera, et cetera. But your brother is set to make, I looked it up, $6 million this upcoming season. Would you... Maybe just to prove the point, would you feel comfortable telling a listening audience how much you earned in your most recently completed season? Well, the most recently completed season was, was zero dollars. We were just playing um, to stay in shape and try and push ourselves to be ready for the next tournament or potentially a, another league. Um, so we would get all our expenses paid for for the weekends and for the games, but we weren't making any money. What? Zero dollars? Yeah, zero dollars. Wow. I mean, I know you're happy for your brother. It's, it's, is it frustrating for you to see that disparity? Yeah, I go back and forth. I mean, I think it would be nice to make that much money for your career, and I feel that I put in as much time and effort into my craft, but I also understand we're not at that point, but I mm-hmm. definitely don't think that where we're at today is where we should be right now either. So it's meeting somewhere in the middle, but no, not necessarily frustrating. I just want it to be different for the future and hopefully I have kids that play someday and it's different for them. While the U.S. women's national soccer team has been fighting a very public fight for equal pay, you guys in the women's hockey league have been fighting that same fight. What was the impetus behind the 200 plus player boycott? Um, Against USA Hockey or against the NWHL? Well, I guess both. Um, USA Hockey, I wasn't just fighting for salaries, but you know, stuff such as, you know, our meals or accommodation, little things like that that allow us to be, we're expected to, you know, show up for months, like the amount of camps and games that we have throughout the year, it adds up to months and expected to show up in our best shape, but lacking resources to do so. And then right now there's the NWHL, professional women's hockey league that's around, but we just don't think that it's at a point where it's going to be sustainable long-term and that it's really appropriate for professional women's hockey league like i don't i don't think that professional women's teams should be getting ready um in lobbies and you know practicing at 10 o'clock at night it's just not professional to me you said that this is a quote that says we're deciding not to play in any league in north america until we find a league that's going to be viable long term instead of taking these short-term gains we're playing for which you were just saying low compensation low resources and you said we need something better and that's what we're looking for is it possible that you don't find it and that the game maybe goes by the wayside? No, I think that there will be a solution and that something will be created. I can't say exactly when, if it's 
you know, a year or three years or five years from now. But I do think that this is just the start of women's hockey and that there will be a a long-term professional women's hockey league that I I hope to be able to help create that for future generations. I'm not sure I'll be around like in five years to continue playing and be a part of it, but I definitely want to be, you know, part of that solution and make it better for the future generations. The devils have chipped in the Pigula family, the, the Bills and the Sabres owners, you've got the backing. So I guess, is it that you're hoping for the NHL to take the reins on a new women's league and just make it standardized across you know Canada and the U.S. and the WNHL becomes a thing? I mean, that would be nice. I don't, I don't think it has to be. I just think that it's something that, you know, makes sense and isn't thrown together for these short-term games. It needs to be really well thought out and needs to be professional in every sense. I saw a quote from you saying, I'm kind of stressing because I really need to find a job and figure out what I'm going to do with my life. And that kind of like, I looked at that and I was like, wow, do you, Amanda, feel like maybe like a tinge of sadness that your passion that you described before, your love of your life, playing ice hockey, do you feel a tinge of sadness that it's not a sustainable career for you or any other women? To be honest, no, I don't at all. It is what it is at this point, but it just makes me want to make it better for the future generations. And maybe sportswear fashion designers in the cards for you, because I took a look at your website, your AK-28 signature line with Gong Show gear. I looked last night. Some of the items are sold out online. Did you know that? Yeah, there's been like a few items that I've actually tried to get myself again, and I'm, I'm not able to get them. I've always had a passion for clothing and it's been a great opportunity to be able to work with them and i mean you're so heavily involved with that line i mean you do everything from i guess what designing to, to even modeling this stuff and everywhere in between so what's your favorite i think being able to be a part of that process gong shows really you know allowed me to have say in what i want to put out there and we work together it's not just one or the other and you know they have the expertise of maybe this color doesn't sell or they obviously know price points and how to manufacture. And what surprised me is how long it takes to manufacture and kind of go through the process of a clothing line. You have to know, like, at least six months before the season's coming out, like, what style of fabrics are going to be around. And that's stuff that I wasn't really aware of until I started working with Show. What is your favorite product in the line? The black shorts with the black and white waistband. I wear those almost every day to work out but they have pockets and built-in spandex a waistband that's a little bit thicker i gotta tell you my favorite thing is the one that the item that sold out i love the the sweatshirt with the hockey strings like the the skate strings as the the drawstrings on the hood yeah just a classic sweatshirt the black hat is probably everybody's black on black favorite hat i know my brother like blake and my dad wear it all the time <laughs> well i guess amanda we have to sh- tell the people where they can get your their hands on on your merchandise gongshowgear.com or amandacouple.com and they'll be able to access the clothing line you've said this is a quote after winning in 2018 the olympics all i want to do is get back and win another gold medal how are you planning to stay beijing 2022 ready just continuing what I've been doing. I think as I've gotten older, actually, you start to learn more about how to train and what you need. I'm at a point where I can continue to get better. I feel like I have room for improvement and I'm just working every day to improve a little bit day by day. When the playing career is over, Amanda, I'm figuring 
maybe this is me, but I'm figuring you'd want to stay involved in the game. What would your ideal job description look like? And it could be for a job that might not even be out there yet. General manager. GM. I like it. Yep. Dream job. I think it'd be really, I mean, obviously a stressful job, but really cool to be able to be a big part of a game and organization and feel like you're, like say it's Rangers, a part of them winning a Stanley Cup and you're kind of behind the whole strategy of the team. Hey, Amanda, and now last one here. Your your career, your trajectory has been, well, we could say the lowest of the low with the concussion and the concussion-related depression, and then the highest of the high in that, I'm going to say the word legendary, gold medal win versus Canada. If you could title a movie or a book about yourself at this very moment, what would you call it? I don't know. My title would be The Life of Amanda Kessel, so I'd probably hire somebody to come up with it. A better name. Maybe you think of that for me. All right, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. You know, I really appreciate this. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for talking and helping spread my story and women's hockey. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hit subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes, and I'm going to be that person. Don't be afraid to leave a nice review. Find me on social media at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Catch you next time on Power Players. Powered by Radio.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.